just so I kind of get a feel for who's in the room and what they're interested in, and so that we're, we're uh, letting everybody kind of participate here. If you're in here because you want to learn about our magic screen magnification product, why don't you just give a clap so that we, uh, the people that can't hear know that there's somebody who wants to hear about that product? All right, we got a few of them. Uh, what about Open Book? The Pearl Camera? And if we had time at the very end to talk about JAWS 13, how many people would want to hear? All right. So maybe we'll do a little JAWS at the end here. All right? So I'm going to start start out, and I'm feeling kind of like a caged rat up here because I usually have a lapel mic, and I walk all around the room while I'm talking, and so I'm in one place. So um, I might step out here and not use the microphone at some point in time. Um, so... I'll start out by talking about Magic. Magic is our screen magnification product. It has built-in speech that uses the same technology, actually the same components that we use in our JAWS product. So the, the ability to read very well on the Internet is just as good in Magic as it is in JAWS. Um, the difference between the speech that is built into Magic, if you buy the speech component, and the speech that is built into JAWS is really in the verbosity settings, okay? In, um, in Magic um, and JAWS, we both st start out at what we'd say is the same verbosity. How much information do we get give you as you navigate around the screen? And so if you were navigating dialogues and menus, you're going to hear the exact same thing in JAWS and in Magic. But the place, com the place that they vary is... If things are very obviously right there on the screen and a person with low vision could see those things, then we give you the ability to turn off the announcement of those things. So like in Magic, you can go into the verbosity and you could say, you know what, when you see check boxes and they're checked, I'm at 4x magnification, it takes up a fourth of my screen. I kind of know there's a check box there and that it's checked, so don't tell me about it. So you can say... Distill that down. Don't tell me a bunch of the stuff that, that JAWS would normally tell you. JAWS, on the flip side, um, allows you to up the verbosity. So you can go into the verbosity settings of JAWS and say, tell me every time the font changes. Tell me every time the indentation changes. Tell me when things are underlined, when they're bold or italic. So you guys kind of understand the difference in the speech there? The way we're finding out what's on the screen is exactly the same. Um, so you have the best screen reading um, for the Internet on the market today in both JAWS and Magic. Um, other places that we vary, and I think I'm going to throw away the PowerPoint up here. I hate PowerPoints, and they just drive me nuts. Um, and most of you aren't seeing it anyway. And I haven't turned a page yet, so it just says Magic, Open Book, Pearl, and Sarah C. right now. So I'm going to escape out of that and just get rid of it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start Magic. Magic, we, there's a couple of things I want to I tell you. We have a, a Magic large print keyboard that I'm using up here. And on the large print keyboard, all the keys are standard size keys, but the print on them is, is extra large um, for somebody that's low vision. And then around the peripheral, along the left-hand edge, we have a scroll wheel that allows you to adjust magnification up and down. We have a couple buttons in there that are meant for using with dual monitor um, the dual monitor support we have in Magic. And then across the top, above the function row keys, we have a bunch of keys that carry out Magic functions. So I'm gonna, there's one of them that says Magic on it, 
and that um, key actually is going to start magic. And I think I turned off my sound. Yeah, magnification level edits in box two. Okay, I turned that off earlier when I was uh, testing some things. So um, with magic, we have um, the um, you know the key that brings it up. Like I said, the scroll wheel. If I if I just roll that away from me up towards the top of the keyboard. Four X, five X. 6x. And if I roll it down the other way? 3x, 2x, 1.9x, 1.8x, 1.7x. Okay, so we have magnification levels between 1x and 2x that go by tenths. So there's nine magnification levels between there. So if you're in that lower magnification level, Magic has a very good solution for you there. Because every time we magnify up, you're seeing less of the original screen. For instance, at 2x, you're going to see a fourth of the screen. At 3x, you see a ninth of the screen. At 4x, you're seeing a sixteenth of the screen, and so on. Um, so every time you're shrinking down how much of the screen are you actually seeing. We have built in um, features in here, um, such as mouse enhancements, um, cursor enhancements. Those two enhancements kind of serve the same purpose with two different things, and, and we actually were the first ones to bring a feature like that to the market. Um, and we still have the most powerful features on the market for those enhancements. So I'm going to go ahead and turn on the mouse enhancements for a moment. Mouse enhancements enabled. And now as I... Sorry? CD drive left parent, F colon right parent, escape, magic dash default, magnification left. Okay, so um, with the mouse enhancements, as I'm moving it around on the screen now, you see a, a red crosshair and the mouse turned to be yellow. If I right-click on the control, Magic Context Menu, Magnified Must dot dot dot. One of the things that we can do with that is is uh, change the the features of that. So I'm going to go to the Magnified Mouse Enhancements Dialog, Magnified Area Page. I'm going to stop the speech there for a moment. I can independently set the color of the mouse and the color enhancement. So the mouse itself is the mouse that the computer supplies. We can size that mouse. Um, but we can also say, what color is it going to be? And, and I have 16 million colors to pick from. Um, we have a bunch of default um, colors. If I drop that combo box down. Yellow, orange, red, fuchsia, purple, dark blue, deep sky blue, light blue. Okay, and it goes on and on. At the very bottom, there's one that says custom, and that brings you into an interface where you can pick any color of those 16 million colors that they support within Windows. So you can really customize that mouse. The enhancement itself, what makes our enhancement different than other ones on the market, I'm going to actually set it so it's showing all the time for a moment. And I'm going to change this to an oval. So now around the mouse, I'm seeing an oval on the screen. And what I can do on that is I can independently size that oval left to right and top to bottom. So what I see a lot of people doing is increasing the length of the oval. So now it becomes a long oval. And um, so when they come down around a button, it, and I'm seeing that cancel button, the enhancement that's drawing my eye into where the mouse is isn't interfering with me reading the text. Um, if I wanted the lines to be thicker on that, I can make them slightly bigger there. So they stand out quite well. And um, I can move on with that. One of the other things, if, if you have somebody that um, likes to use either the split screen or the overlay where they have part of the screen that's magnified, but then they have the full screen that's not magnified, um, you can set different enhancements in the magnified view versus the unmagnified view. 
So let's say in the magnified view where I'm looking at things at 3x, all I really need is a bright yellow mouse. But in the unmagnified view, I would like to know where am I on the screen. So I'll put a big, bold crosshair in there. And that way I kind of know where am I on the whole screen. And at the same time in my magnified area, I'm able to easily locate that mouse because it's a smaller area and I'm looking in there for a specific color. All right. Does that make sense to people? All right. I'm going to go ahead and close this one out. Um, the 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 cursor enhancements do the exact same thing except for around the cursor, so I'm not going to go into that dialogue. And we do allow you to change the color of the cursor, and we're the only ones that allow you to do that. So let's say you're working in a magnified view, and um, you know you're in Microsoft Word. All your text is black, right? And your cursor is what color? Black. That's really a nice and easy to locate, right? Even though it's flash and it's black, it's right next to those L's that I have in there. So if I turn that to red, that makes it much easier for me to identify where the cursor is on the screen. And uh, so, um, actually, let me go ahead. So if I turn the, the cursor enhancement on there, we're seeing an area up here. This blinking cursor is red. I've got the oval around it. Um, I could turn this to be a triangle up and above it. I can change that thickness, have that cursor stick out so it's taking up about a, I don't know, a tenth of my screen right now. Um, so I can locate where that is. I want to talk about a feature I cannot show you today because we only have one uh, projector screen up here. But one of the things we put into Magic last year is our support for dual monitor. Um, if you're familiar with um, what ZoomText has out there, dual monitor, it's not the same thing at all. Um, so I want to explain that. What ZoomText does with their product is they stretch a single monitor across two monitors. So you really just have one desktop surface that's just as twice as wide when you're, you're working with it. What dual monitor in Windows means and what it means in the workplace for people that don't have a visual um, impairment is that I can have one application in one of my monitors and a totally different application in the other monitor. Um, so let's say that I'm doing a research paper as a student. In one of the monitors, I've got Microsoft Word, and let's say it's a, a geography um, paper I'm doing, and so I'm studying Spain, and I want to know about you know the um, geography as far as the land, but I also want to know about the culture of Spain. I also want to know about the, the economics of Spain. And so I've got headings in there that say culture and, and economics and you know, all the different things I want to learn about Spain. And in the other monitor, I've got Internet Explorer, and I'm going out to different web pages, and I'm finding information about Spain. And when I see something that looks interesting, I just highlight it over there, hold the mouse down, and I can drag it right over into my other one and release it, and it pastes it in there. And now, because I don't want to plagiarize, right, I'm going to go ahead and reword that. Um, but I have all the information there, and I can polish that paper up later. Right now, I'm gaining the information. While I'm over in Internet Explorer, I click up there on the address bar. I copy the address over, and now I've got my references so that I can turn that in, and, and I'm covered for sources and that type of stuff. So that's, you know, say a student doing it. But in a workplace, let's, um, let's say that I've got forms that I have to fill out. So I've got a database that, here, but I also have the... Um, forms that, that people filled out. Now, I've got to carry stuff from um, one place to another. Let's say that people are signing up for a, a workshop that we're going to hold. 
Well, now I have to copy their information over into our database of all the people in the workshop because they filled out a form somewhere that wasn't connected to that database. I'm getting it in there. So, um, you know, as I go around to different workplaces, it's becoming more and more standard that everybody uses dual monitors. And MAGIC supports that sort of dual monitor thing. You know, you walk into Social Security, I don't care what job you have in Social Security, if you um, use a computer, you have two monitors on your desk to run two different applications at once because it makes you more efficient in your job. All right? Some things as far as speech and magic. Um, I'll go ahead and bring up Internet Explorer. Start. Google Dev. And uh, let's, see. let's see where I've gone lately. Uh, here's one I went to yesterday. Oh, I unplugged my Internet. <laughs> I unplugged my Internet card to get my mouse. Um, let's just open up Word document then. Matt. Desktop, folder view, list view, map, cancel button, magic keystroke, placard, dot, dot, left, bracket, compatibility mode, right bracket, dash, Microsoft. Okay, one of the things I can do is I, I move the mouse around to different text that's on the screen, whether it's on the Internet or in Microsoft Word. Magic will automatically speech that, speak that text to me. Run script manager. Minimize slash or store the magic user. If I wanted to read from there, I can just do an insert down arrow. You JAWS users know that keystroke, right? What's it? What is it? Sale. Minimize slash or store the magic user interface. Magic key plus U. Pass through key. Magic key plus three. Refresh screen. Magic key plus yes. One. Okay, I stopped the speech in there. Um, one of the things that those who are able to see the screen will notice is that we're putting a, what we call a spotlight, a, a rectangle around all the words as they're being spoken. And so I, I can uh, read from there. And magic, we use the same keystroke, insert down arrow, to start a say all, regardless of whether I'm navigating the document with the cursor, I'm just arrowing around, or I'm navigating using the mouse. So you saw that I, I moved the mouse down to some text a moment ago. I'm going to just arrow down a little bit. Magic key plus numpad plus or. Control we lock left parents away from you right magic keep us numpad my control plus dash or mouse with Okay, I'm gonna start reading from there. Magic keep us numpad minus or control plus dash or mouse wheel down left. Okay, so I started reading down there on another page. I'm gonna actually now move the mouse to a different position. Cursor enhancement. Toggle cursor enhancements on slack. Uniform table. Toggle cursor enhancements on And I hit that same keystroke for that. It told me that it was a non-uniform table because I moved from one page to another page into another table. Um, and it gives you the same navigation in tables that you would have with JAWS. And that's one of the big pluses with JAWS, Magic, and Open Book is if you know the basic navigation in one of those applications, you know it in all those applications. So what's on the numpad if you're a JAWS user? You could walk up to somebody that was using Magic Speech and be able to do all the reading because it's the same thing, including... You know, we call it something different in Magic. You know, we don't have route JAWS to PC. We have route mouse to PC. JAWS moves the mouse around when it's moving things around. So um, that's all in there. Insert down arrow. Up, insert up arrow is say line. So in all three of those products, the keystroke is exactly the same. So it cuts down that learning curve for all of our customers. They're able to um, move on with that. All right. Um, 
there's a lot of other features in there, but we didn't have a ton of people that were wanting to know about magic today. So I, I, I invite you, you know, we have it set up in our booth out there. If you're wanting to see a little bit more of it, we'll be glad to show you that afterwards. Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and skip to, X, to open book unless there's some questions real quick. All right? Yes. Um, there's several features that, that are better. I mean, we're competitive products. We're very competitive. I used to beta test for them uh, years ago when I was a, a uh, rehab teacher. Um, but, like, you know, one of them is the um, magnification levels between 1X and 2X. One of them is being able to size those enhancements. We give you a lot more dynamic sizing on that, a lot more variety in those enhancements. Um, the way we read, um, ZoomText is coming out with a new feature in about two weeks to finally let you read from where the mouse is without having to click on it on the user interface and come to it. We've done that for 10 years. Um, so um, I'm glad that uh, ZoomText users can now have that feature. What we do in color enhancements, there's nobody that comes close to it in the marketplace. Um, and that actually came from when I redesigned the color enhancements years ago. I looked at all the competitors out there, what features they had. I met with our developers, um, sat down with them. They built me exactly the same features everybody else had. And I called up my developer and I said, Dan, first of all, let me say, you did great. You did exactly what I told you. And he goes, but... It sucks. I can't do what I need to do. And he goes, what would you need to do? And I said, I need to be able to combine all these features together to come up with a blend that works really well. And he says, I didn't design them not to come together. Your user interface does that. He says, rework your interface and we can make all that happen. So we can actually blend all those things to come, come up with really good color enhancements that work for a variety of individuals. And that just came from 10 years of me sitting down with um, low vision veterans and trying to get color schemes right for them. So reading on the internet, we're much more powerful. You have to go into their app reader with, with Zoom text to read on the internet. And if I want to scroll the screen, I got to turn off app reader. I got to turn it back on when I want to go. I just scroll the screen in here. And you know, for example, this isn't the internet, but it works the same way. I'm taking the mouse and just scrolling the screen. Now I want to read from a different place. So I can sit down with you afterwards and go through some of the things, but we have the same basic features, we take a different tact on the, on the features. The speech that's built in from JAWS, they've got a long way to go to get to that, that level of speech. All right? Any other questions on Magic before I jump over to OpenBook? All right? Okay. OpenBook has been around for a lot of years. It's one of the, um, the first PC-based OCR products. It used to be Arkansas, and when we uh, merged together to become Freedom Scientific, it became a Freedom Scientific product. Um, in the last open book, uh, we had a couple of goals in mind. And, and number one, um, it, it was kind of came from my pet peeves from when I was a trainer. Um, number one was, how long does it take for me to get to the text once I tell open book, go out there and take a picture of that text and, and convert it into digital text for me? All right? And candidate to put things in, in place for you. The average time for most pages um, with OpenBook um, 8 was about 45 seconds. Now, to put that in perspective, when I started in this industry, the only OCR product on the market at the time was $40,000. It was the size of a wash machine. You took a single page, you stuck it on there, you pressed the button that said, go and recognize this text. And not only did you go have a cup of coffee, you made the coffee first, all right? 
And then you came back, and the accuracy was about 70% accurate. So think about that for a moment. Three out of ten words or letters are going to be wrong. And you have to figure out what that says. We've come a long ways, especially for me to be sitting down now after used to make my cup of coffee and drink it. Now I'm saying 45 seconds is just way too long to be waiting for a page. All right. So that was the, the main goal with Open Book 9 was to cut that t time down. And so there were two variables that we had to look at. Number one is how, how fast can we process the text and start speaking to it once we get an image? Number two was how long does it take me to get an image? Or the first one I mentioned, I had lots of control over because we could start reworking all of our code and say, how do we process things faster? How do we feed you text faster? The other one we looked at and we go, well, the average scanner takes somewhere between 22 and 25 seconds to acquire an image. And I couldn't do anything about that. That's the scanner itself. But what we looked at is we said, well, can we come up with a different device to get that quicker? So that's why we have what we're calling the Pearl camera up here. So I'm going to go ahead and, and show that today. I've got to make sure that I've got everything default here because I've been demonstrating for about three days. So just one moment. Workflow. Submit in our Spanish. Acquire and greet. Modify checked. Leave it. Okay, I just want to make sure I was in the right workflow. How many people have used OpenBook in the past? Um, how many people that were used OpenBook in the past don't yet have OpenBook 9? Okay, so those of you who don't have OpenBook 9, you're using what we call scanning modes. All right? And in, in the previous versions, we used scanning modes, and you could do you know, batch scan in background, and you could use scan and read, all these different scanning modes that had been in the product for a lot of years, serve different purposes. And as we were working on, on the features um, this time around, I met with a lot of users that had been using OpenBook for a long time, and I go, tell me why you changed scanning modes. And they would tell me why they changed it, and then I'd say, and that's, you just change the scanning mode and go on with life? And they go, oh, no. When I change that scanning mode, then I go into this dialog and I change this setting, and then I, I'll go over in this dialog and change this setting, and oh yeah, sometimes I go over in this dialog and change this other setting too. And so I started thinking about it. I'm going, well, I can speed things out just by not having you change settings. And so we came up with what we call workflows. And I know we renamed them really hard so you won't recognize them moving from eight to nine, you know, because we don't have scan and read anymore. We have acquire and read. Think you can figure out the? They do the same thing, but all the all the settings that people were changing are all within that workflow, and you can go in and adjust those things. So tired of hearing me talk for a minute. You want to see if it, if it scans anything worth? All right. Um, I always try to get get something that has a little comedy in it. And my my kids had a book um, laying there a while back, so I. Did it. I'm going to go ahead and the first scan when I open up open book and up with the camera takes a little longer than the others, so you'll see that. But I'm going to go ahead and, and scan this first page. I just hit the button just now. Now it's taking the picture, so I've got the book up here, and we'll see how long it takes it before it starts reading to us. At first, I didn't see a dog. There were just a lot of vegetables rolling around down the floor, tomatoes and onions and green peppers. And there was what seemed like a whole army of Windexy employees running around waving their arms just the same way the store manager was waving his. And then the dog came running around the corner. He was a big dog and ugly, and he looked like he was having a real good time. His tongue was hanging out, and he was wagging his tail. He skidded to a stop. 
and smiled right at me. I had never before in my life seen a dog smile, but that is what he did. He pulled back his lips and showed me all his teeth. Then he wagged his tail so hard that he knocked some oranges off at his plate, and they went rolling everywhere, mixing in with the tomatoes and onions and green peppers. The manager screamed. Some. Okay, this is a page out of a textbook I had at college. Um, to give you an idea of, of how it's laid out, um, it has a header across the top of it um, with the chapter at the top, and then it's got a, a two columns that have a, a rectangle around it. In the middle of the top of that rectangle, it has a, a heading, and then just below that, it has a heading that spans both columns. Then below the, um, the rectangle, it switches to one column, but it's shifted off to the right. All right? And just to have fun with it, I'll put it in here upside down. And well, please note. Yeah, I don't have an Epson scanner. Open book, nine points out of dialogue. Advanced, of device, of device selection dialogue, acquisition source, combo box scanner, scanner, scanner. Mm -hmm. Out of dialogue. Settings. Advanced. Enable device, device selection dialogue. Acquisition source. Combo box scanner. Scanner. Pro camera. Pro out of dialogue. Okay. So go ahead and get, and I'll kick that off with that page in there, and then we'll get to the curve later. Okay. It's chapter 4 advertisement in electronic commerce. Application case 4.3. How to entice web surfers to read internet ads. There are dozens of innovative ideas. Here are some examples. 1, 2, 3. Yoidine Incorporated conducts giveaway games, discount contests. And sweepstakes, whose entrance agreed to read product. Okay, so um, so this is a lot more complex page. It's going ahead and picking it up, the, the information. It did make an error in, in that there's a lot of white space between this one and, and the column, so it, it read that as being a separate column. Um, just depends on that one. I could have switched to a different workflow that would have done better with me on that one um, and got that. So we have that one in there. I don't want to read that whole book, but uh, we'll go back to our story, and and we'll switch to a page here. Header one. At first, I didn't see a dog. There were just a lot of bed. Okay, now we read that first part, so I'm going to actually advance it on down. So actually what I did is we have a split screen up here. On the top of the screen right now, we're seeing the, the recognized text. On the bottom of the screen, we're seeing the actual picture we took of the book, and we highlight in both of those, um, or spotlight, we call it. And... So I just took the mouse and I clicked on the next word in there. So if I was a low vision user, I could do that. I can actually um, increase the, the size of the stuff in the book as well. And as I read, it's going to read along there. I'm going to switch um, the workflow for a moment to what we call multi-page automatic. Because a lot of times as a student or even as you know, just somebody in their leisure time, I'm wanting to read the book, you know. I got the assignment today. I'm supposed to read the first four, four chapters tomorrow. I don't want to go through and scan all the pages and then come back and read it all. So I'm going to change this workflow real quick. Workflow. Multi-page automatic. Leaving menus. Okay, so multi-page automatic is going to use the motion detection underneath the camera. And it's going to say, okay, he... Um, we scanned the first page, we put that at the end of the document, but we didn't move you to there because it's multi-page automatic and you're going to want to be reading. Um, but now I'm going to look and I'm going to see movement underneath the camera again. And then I, when I quit seeing movement, that's you telling me, oh, take another picture. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading this story again. I'm going to hit, hit the scan key. 
I'm going to start reading the story again. I'm going to sit down so my shadow's not getting in the way. And um, every time you hear the shutter sound, that means I can turn the next page. But we'll listen to the story as we go. Somebody grabbed that dog. The dog went running over to the manager, wagging his tail and smiling. He stood up on his hind legs. You could tell that all he wanted to do was get face to face with the manager and thank him for the good time he was having in the produce department. But somehow he ended up knocking the manager over. And the manager must have been having a bad day because lying there on the floor, right in front of everybody, he started to cry. The dog leaned over him, real concerned, and licked his face. Please, said the manager. Somebody call the pound. Wait a minute. I hollered. That's my dog. Don't call the pound. All the Windexy employees turned around. Page multi-pigeonage acquisition dialogue. Select an action. Acquire additional pages button. Okay, so I scanned about four more pages in there while we were reading that paragraph. Um, actually, eight more pages because it's double pages. Um, and then it came up with this dialogue because I hit the escape key. All right. The dialogue gives me three choices. The first one is to acquire additional pages. So the phone rang. You know, my wife came in to ask what I wanted for supper or some. You know, some interruption came up. I wanted to quit. I just got tired of turning pages. You know, whatever. Um, the other choice... Turn pages over. Button. Turn pages over. This was actually originally designed for using with a, a scanner to where you had a... You know, a lot of people cut the bindings off of a book. They'll put it through a document feeder on a scanner. And then at the end of that, because it's only getting one side of the page, they'll hit escape. They'll switch this to turn pages over. They turn the whole stack over. And then we start inserting those pages backwards through the book um, to do it. And I used to say, so that's a scanning feature. If you have the Pearl camera, don't worry about it. My user said, no, I like that with the Pearl camera. So if they had a big textbook, which I didn't want to lug through the airport and everything, um, but imagine I had a bigger book here. The image that we grab is a 9-inch by 12-inch image. The guide that's on this camera is 9 inches wide. And then we come out 12 inches from that guide. So they can take the spine of, the, of a big book and put it right along the edge of that guide on the left-hand side and just turn the pages. So if they want to use this, this tool, they can turn, just turn the, all the pages. They're getting the right-hand side of their book. And when they get done, they, they turn the last page back over because you've got to have the same number of odd and even pages. Slide it over the right-hand edge of the guide, slide that spine up, and go backwards through the book. An open book will insert those pages in between. All right? Now, some people like that. Some people don't. The ones that don't say, look, I take that picture with the spine li lined up with my left hand. Okay? Um, and then what I'll do is turn that page over and slide it over the right-hand side, take a picture, slide it back to the left-hand side, let it take the picture, Turn the page, slide it to the left-hand side, and back. Some of the other products that are on the market today that use a camera, I, it has an L-shaped bracket on there, so I get to put the book in there. Now I have to turn the page over, turn the book upside down, put it in there. Now I have to turn the back, back around, but don't turn the page over. And now I turn the page over, turn it upside down, put it back in there, turn it back around, take the picture. How long do you do that before you start going backwards through the book? All right, and that's why we designed this the way we did. Okay, um, the other choice I have in there acquiring images button. is finished acquiring images. Out of dialogue. All right, so the goal behind this of, of cutting things down, we went from 45 seconds to 
Um, in normal lighting, where I don't have a beam above my head, I usually um, acquire pages in three to four seconds. That's what, how long it takes it to start reading from the time I press the button. Um, so, you know, if you think about that, 45 seconds wasn't bad until you think about that 300-page book that you're spending three-fourths of a minute on every time for every page versus three seconds for every page or four seconds. All right? The workflows, one of the big pluses on the workflows is I can create additional workflows based off the ones that already exist. So let's say, for example, that I speak Spanish. And so I get some things in English, I get some things in Spanish. So when I get things in Spanish, I don't want it to use the English recognition rules because when, Engl when we're doing English recognition, it sees that O with a little accent mark over it, and it goes, that's a piece of garbage on the paper. Take that accent mark away. Or the Inya. Take that away. That doesn't exist in English. So now it doesn't read right. So I can actually go into the Acquire and Read workflow. I can tell it to create a new workflow, and all I have to do is go into the properties on that new workflow and change the recognition language to Spanish, name it as Spanish Acquire and Read, and I've got a new workflow that I can use whenever I want. Okay? One of the workflows that I do want to mention, because I'm running out of time in here, that we put in was one that is called Poetry and Recipes. Um, that came from when I was a trainer. The gal that I worked with, every time somebody came in and started showing optical character recognition products, um, she would get, become, she'd come carrying in a big load of cookbooks, and she'd set them on the table, and she'd go, but does it read this? And the answer was always, not very well. And so as we were getting ready to do this, I told my developers, I said, we're going to have these new workflows. I want a recipe workflow that reads recipes much better than the 10% of recipes that read good before. And I said, also, we get complaints because people don't like the way we read poetry because we strip out the returns at the end of the lines. And uh, so... You know, poetry is kind of pretty if it has stanzas, but if they all bleed together, it's hard. Okay? What we found out in the end is the answer was the same for both of them, so I just created one workflow. All right? So we retain all those returns at the ends of lines, which you wouldn't want us to retain if you were doing, you know, a novel, because you don't want to hear that break at the end of every line. You want sentences to flow to together. So we created that. Um, workflow, it works, does it work perfect with cookbooks? No. It works with about 70% of them out of the ones I took out of my wife's pantry. Lots better than the 30% that it did before. We're still aiming to get up there in the 90%. Um, the ones that it doesn't work with are the ones that put a lot of white space between the volume of the ingredient and the ingredient name. And then it says, oh, you've got two columns, so let me read those to you. Three cups, two cups, two teaspoons, four tablespoons, a pinch. And now it reads flour, sugar, and on. And you get to put that puzzle together in your mind. All right? So, yes, we still have some problems with those, and, and we're going to keep working on a solution. But for most of those cookbooks, it reads really well. There is one setting under the speech settings in, in OpenBook that you'll want to go and turn on when you're reading things using this workflow, and that is a setting under speech that says extra space at line breaks. And so what it'll do is you can say, I want a half a second 
um, break at line breaks. I want a full second. You can say I want five seconds. Whatever timing you want to have at the end of those. Because even though we put everything together right with that cookbook, if it says, you know, one cup flour, two cups sugar, boy, that would be a rich recipe, wouldn't it? After a while, as you're listening to it, you hear one cup, two cups, or one cup, flour, two cups. So you want that pause at the end. You want to have it to where those two don't bleed together and you put the wrong ingredients in. Same thing with poetry. You want that pause at the end of each stanza. Now, here's the secret that I didn't expect that I got back from our users, and that is that if you use poetry and recipe with bills, it works quite well. And so that's one of those things where they go, you need to rename that, and I'm going, well, or just tell everybody. <laughs> you know, so we might rename it in the, next, in the next version or just put in a new workflow called bills, and it'll be the same thing. Who knows? All right. Um, there was a bunch of people. How much time do I have left? Nine minutes to talk about Jaws. All right. Um, let me talk about a couple things. How many people are use, have already been using Jaws 12? Okay. All right. In Jaws 12, one of the, the key features we put in there is we got rid of the old configuration manager and we replaced it with the settings center. And the settings center had a search field in there. So you say, oh, it's something to do with Braille. Well, let me just type Braille. And now all the things that are in the tree contain the word Braille in the setting. So I can find that setting I want instead of going, well, is it in this dialogue or this dialogue or this dialogue? We find all those settings for you. All right? But we didn't do that with the verbosity, the insert V. So in this version of JAWS, we've actually set it up to where we do do it in the insert V, and we call it quick settings. Okay, so if I if I do an insert V in here, just like I did before, quick settings, Magic Explorer dialogue, search box edit. I come up into a search box just like the settings center. I can type in something. Let's say that I was wanting to adjust um, virtual ribbons. C. Whoops. C. Search as C. I. Virtual ribbon menu. One to one search results. One search results list box. Virtual ribbon menu chest. Gender options. Okay, so I wanted to t turn it on or turn it off. I could go ahead and do that. By just hitting spacebar in that tree. Space, not checked. Space, checked. Okay, to, to toggle that setting. I don't have to go over to where that is exactly and, and do it. I can um, get there really quick. One of the other things, I'm going to try to fly through these things really quick. So if you have questions on this, come by the booth. I'll talk to you about it. I'll show you the features. Um, Escape, preview, escape, start button. The um, virtual viewer, we have used that for years. It pops things up. Um, but one of, the, one of the issues with the virtual viewer, let's say that you wanted to look at all the NFL scores. Um, you, you, typed, you went to the NFL, you typed in the dates for, that you're wanting, it pops up all the results, and you go, oh, yeah, I want to go see you know, what happened on the Broncos game. I go there. Well, now I want to go and see what happened with the Rams. And now I have to bring up the research it again. We've put in what we call a results viewer now. It's an HTML-based um, window that doesn't go away when you activate a, a link. So we're using the results viewer for research it, we're using it for skim read, and we're using it for the summary tools that are in there. Because those are things, you know, especially the skim read, you type in a piece of text that you're looking for in a big long document, and it brings up all the sentences that have that text in it. And I'm looking for something specific, I go, oh yeah, that's the sentence, and I click on it, and no, that's not the sentence. 
So now all I have to do is Alt-Tab back to the result viewer, down arrow through until I find the next sentence that sounds right. I press Enter. It takes me to that place in the document. So that's a very powerful tool. You can also, you low vision users can now click on those links with the mouse. And they couldn't do that in the, um, in the virtual viewer. Okay? There is another um, setting. We've been talking about the OCR in OpenBook. Um, we have what we call convenient OCR in JAWS, right? Convenient OCR, I'll actually bring up a document in there, but it, it's, um, it's meant for, it, it does OCR of what is on my current screen. And this is where it comes in really handy. Um, if you go to L.L. Bean, you shoppers out there, you find something you're really in love with, and now you need to click on the Add to Cart button. Guess what? You can't find the Add to Cart button because they put a graphic that says Add to Cart. And so this was actually brought up a couple weeks ago by a person when I was on the road. And they said, so I did the convenient OCR. It's a really tough keystroke. You do insert space bar to go to the layered keystrokes in JAWS. Hit O for OCR. And then you, hit, you can either hit S for screen or W for window. Um, so they hit that, and now it adds add to screen into what I'm able to navigate. Turns on the JAWS cursor, lets me move around. And they got to that place, and they said, label this graphic. And they put add to cart. And now that screen is accessible to them, because every time it finds that graphic, it goes, oh, add to cart. And that's in our model. You know, another place is how many people put a DVD in their computer and they want to play a movie. Very accessible, right? <laughs> you get to pick which uh, scenes you want to go to? Really easy? No, because it's pictures that say scene selection. <laughs> or pictures that say play movie. And so you can do the convenient OCR in there, and then you can navigate down, and it says scene selection, and you just do the mouse click with, with JAWS, you know, the, the backslash on the, on the numpad, and it activated scene selection. Now, unfortunately, those scenes are probably pictures, too, so you're going to have to do the convenient OCR on that screen again. But did it do what it needed to do? Yes, it gave me access to something I didn't have access to before. All right? I'll show you one example, and then I'm going to have to get out of here because I think I'm, I got two minutes. And they got the chain over here for me. Hold on. Empty document? You guys that are looking at the screen, is that document empty? How many, how many times do you run across a PDF where they just take pictures of documents? Now, do I want to do whole documents, you know, 60-page PDF document like this, a screen at a time? No. But do I want to find out, am I interested in this topic? Yes. If I want to do the whole thing, I'm going to use Open Book, and I'm going to open up that PDF document, and it'll OCR it all, and it'll do it perfect because it's not reading the screen. It's higher resolution. It's going to get that original image. Okay, so we have nothing in there. I'm going to do the insert space bar. Space. I'm going to hit O for OCR. O, OCR. And I'm going to tell it to do the window. OCR Finished. John's cursor. Okay. Smartphone 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 Smartphone
Okay, so there's still a graphic there, but we've added to this screen what the text is in that graphic. I can move across the word at a time. I didn't understand that. Do a say word. Spell it to me. Or just arrow through it. Okay, does that make sense? You, you got access to something that is just a picture. Now, as soon as that screen changes, if I reached over here and I scrolled the screen, uh, then everything's in the wrong place again, and I've got to redo it. But the, the object behind Convenio OCR is give me access to what's on the screen right now. All right? If you have more questions, I'll be up here tearing down for a little while, or the guys will be helping me tear down, and I'll be over in our booth. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs>